News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Uh, moving on, uh, Ireland would not need a referendum to join NATO. That was according to the Taoiseach who was addressing the European Parliament yesterday. One person who's certainly taken issue with this statement is People Before Profits, Richard Boyd Barrett and he joins me on the line along with Tom Clonan, uh, Senator and retired Army Officer and Security Analyst. You're both very welcome to the programme. So first of all, Richard Boyd Barrett, I mean the Taoiseach is, you know, potentially factually correct here, uh, our neutrality is not clearly enshrined in our constitution, is it? No, it's not. Uh, certainly not to the degree that it should be. And uh, people before profit recently submitted a bill seeking a referendum that would do that. Uh, the government, of course, voted against uh, holding that referendum. But I think, nonetheless, the Taoiseach's comments are both incorrect and also very, very alarming. And it it suggests, first of all, that there is a very, very sustained attack going on by the government uh, recently, particularly in the context of the Ukrainian conflict, to further undermine our neutrality and to try and drag us towards NATO. Uh, And of course, that follows the, you know, disgraceful decisions over recent years for the government to allow Shannon Airport to be used to prosecute wars by the United States in Afghanistan and Iraq. But also, I I don't accept that uh, to join NATO, that we don't need a referendum, even with the current constitution, even though it's weak in terms of its uh, neutrality provisions, if you like. What it does say is that war shall not be declared and the state shall not participate in any war save with the assent of Dáil Éireann. Now, the problem is, if you join NATO, uh, you have an obligation to NATO to come to the aid of any state that is part of that mutual defence pact. All right. Uh, and look, uh, let's so be clear, would, I suppose... They would, in fact, be over, overriding uh, the sovereignty of Dáil Éireann and of the democratically elected representatives of uh, the people of this country. Okay, I think the Taunashtra did say yesterday, look, this is a bit of a moot point. We have absolutely no intention of joining NATO. Eamon Ryan called it hypothetical. But Tom Clonan, is it a conversation that we need to have? Do we need to sort of face up to our neutrality? And do we need to reconsider whether or not we want to be a military neutral uh, country? Because we're certainly not politically neutral, are we? Well, we, we we're having this conversation all the time. And most recently, the Irish people in an Irish Times Ipsos poll overwhelmingly were in favour of Irish military neutrality. And I think woe betide any politician or government leader who who sets their face against the, the will of the Irish people. I, I, I do think we need to have a conversation about a living wage for our, our defence forces, for our sailors, soldiers and aircrew, and, and, you know, putting the minimum investment in place just to defend our country and also to be able to respond to man-made natural disasters. But it's, you know, I mean, I I feel very, very strongly about this. We've never been neutral uh, politically, as you said, and militarily we have been involved since 1998, not only in UN peacekeeping missions, but we've also been involved in NATO missions through our status as members of Partnership for Peace. We've been involved in EU missions, and these are peace enforcement missions. These are full combat operations. We had an Irish general who was in charge of a multinational division in Kosovo during that war. We've had Irish troops uh, lead 
the first EU expeditionary mission down outside of the European Union's borders to uh, Chad and Central African Republic. And that, again, was a full peace enforcement mission. So up to now, we've chosen uh, the conflicts that we get involved in. We've, you know, we, we have intervened, but our military neutrality gives us huge moral authority. And along with our diaspora, our amazing diaspora around the world, we have a great diplomatic reach. We've been able to negotiate strategic so arms think- limitations in the past, and we've been able to uh, broker the convention in Dublin that banned cluster munitions. So do we, so think, we, do you think we need to hold on to that then, Tom? Our neutrality, you- absolutely. We should need, we should absolutely. It is. But do we, are we not just sort of picking and choosing what it is we want to support here, having our exactly as 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 every country should, and that's what every every, every mature uh, you know democracy does. If we joined a military alliance like NATO or some kind of a European defence, well, then th- those decisions will be made for us by people like. Uh, the United States, by France, by Germany. And remember, after Brexit, the, the leadership of, of the European Union now resides in Central Europe with France and Germany. All right, and, but just and, look, and Tom, we, so let's look at what happened. very, very careful. Look what happened recently when we had um, that Russian military exercise being threatened off the coast of Cork. Look how vulnerable uh, Ireland was there. How ridiculous, I think, we, we looked that we had to rely on some Cork fishermen to come out and protest against the might of Russia because, let's face it, we had no other option, did we? Well, actually, we rely on the Royal Air Force to patrol our controlled airspace and we rely yeah, on other nations. Enough? No, that's because that undermines our neutrality. And like I said at the very outset, what we need to do is invest in our own army, naval service and air corps to bring them up to the minimum standard that guarantees our own neutrality. And we have major challenges coming down the road. We had Doug Beatty of the Ulster Unionist Party yesterday say that there would be violence on the streets uh, of Northern Ireland this summer about the Northern Ireland Protocol. Like, we have major security challenges that confront us and they require investment in our own forces, a minimum, Richard, would you, a living wage for your soldiers. Yeah. Okay, joining, Richard, would you agree with that alliance, then? Joining a military alliance would be the most foolish act. Uh, Richard, act would self-harm. you agree with that, then, that all we need to do is just sort of invest in our own defence here and, and that's enough? Well, I certainly think do you not even agree with that? Well, I think we should pay our soldiers. I most certainly agree. With yeah, I don't think anybody that disputes that. Yeah, and this I, is a different I think, issue. I mean, they, well, it's not actually a different issue because the government consistently refused to pay our soldiers properly. And as a result, we do not even have the recommended number of soldiers within our defence forces that we should have. And we don't have uh, enough uh, sailors to, to, to man the, the, uh, our navy we, 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 essentially our, our army is understaffed however I do not uh, so I do think we should pay our soldiers I do not think we need to dramatically increase our defence expenditure above and beyond that and I certainly don't think that we should be and, but it's clear the government are trying to move us in line with NATO's requirement that governments spend 2% of GDP on defence I'm but do you not think that makes us that pretty weak now, um, Richard, in Europe? I mean, we don't have the same relationship we had uh, with the UK. We can no longer rely on them to the same um, degree. There is a weak link there, isn't it? And it's us when it comes to defence and security. No, I don't think that is true, because you have to ask then, from who is this great threat coming from? And even if such a threat existed, uh, would conventional uh, military investment or expenditure actually protect us against such an attack if, you know, Russia or the United States... So what does Britain protect us? Our geography? 
I think our geography and I, I also think our neutrality, and that is the key point, is that, you know... Well, Ukraine was neutral. A, Ukraine's were pushing to become part of NATO. Now, that doesn't in any extent, to any degree, excuse Putin's bloody murderous invasion. No, but neutrality but didn't even, protect them. But, but even Angela Merkel made the point that uh, them seeking to move away from neutrality right. was going to make a conflict with Russia more likely. And I think our neutrality does okay. protect us. And it, But I think our government has on a repeated basis tried to move away from neutrality by involving us in supporting okay. most egregiously the bloody uh, war that the right. US and Look, UK led in Iraq. Sorry to cut across you, but we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, People Before Profits, Richard Boyd Barrett and Senator Tom Clonan. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.